Chapter 3. Sleep. There's nothing like a hot summer breeze to remind you of the crushing weight of discomfort from being in an enormous body. Is this my fault? Mum asks. I respond flatly. I don't know. I was too distracted by my own nerves to try and alleviate her misplaced guilt. It's the day before my big surgery. Mum and I are sitting on the front veranda with our customary Greek coffees in hand in silence. Been a year and a half since I decided to undergo this procedure. I've spoken to all the psychologists, surgeons, GPs, physiotherapists and personal trainers. I've read all the source materials. Maybe I should back out. After all, I'm now two weeks into this pre-surgery fast. I've absolutely nailed it. What if I just kept going? But I recognise that line of thinking for what it is. A thought trap designed to protect me from some sort of unknowable outcome. What I quickly remembered at that point is that a traditional diet, unlike a pre-surgery fast, has no clear endpoint. At least with a pre-surgery fast, there was a very clear A to B road ahead for the next two weeks. If I was to do this so-called old-fashioned way, what would that be? When I try to visualise it, all I see is an open-ended future of deprivation and hunger. Surgery actually make that clear, I wondered to myself. After a while, I circle back to the idea of the road being A to B, and I have a realisation. While point A has been the last 30 years, point B is actually not that clear. What happens when I take away the only coping mechanism I've ever known? Eating has been my only crutch in tough times. Obviously, that hasn't worked out too well in the long term, but it did give me those short-term boosts of something that would allow me to trick myself into keeping on going. Am I just going to wake up in a new body all of a sudden? A new face in the mirror? A new brain? One thing I knew was that with this, point B is the only direction I could head in. After an all-too-familiar sleepless night that night, I find myself in the hospital the next day. It was two days before my 29th birthday and I'm spending it getting marked up like a pig in an abattoir. I look down at my almost naked body and I see five bullseyes on my abdomen, the soon-to-be entry sites for the surgery. I've often heard about the loss of dignity people feel when they're in the hospital system, but this was the first taste of it for myself. No one was unfriendly or professional. It's more that I just felt like a literal meat sack, standing there mindlessly answering questions, being prodded, folded and moved around complying with requests. No one's talking to you. They're talking at your skin. I get that that's their job, but intellectualizing it doesn't do that much to quell the absurdity of it all. What's that saying? Uh, It's like turkeys voting for Christmas. The total forfeiture of power and agency dawns on me, and doing so all for the sake of trying to improve my life again. What's going to be different this time? One hour passes. Another hour passes. The claustrophobia of my little waiting bay was starting to get to me before the curtain screeches open. Okay, Costa, we'll be taking you through to the theatre now. Bye, Mama. Bye, Papa. I'll see you all in a couple of hours, I say meekly. My heart slides up into my throat as I'm being wheeled through numerous hospital wards, not knowing exactly what my destination looked like until it just stopped moving. Finally, after what felt like an eternity, I arrived at the theatre and I felt... relief? That was unexpected. I could literally see all the implements they were about to cut me open with, shining with sterile glee, and yet a wave of calm just washes over me. I haven't even been given any drugs at this point. To this day, I can still see the surgeons scrubbing up while laughing with each other about God knows what, barely registering my funereal entrance. On goes the oxygen mask as they ask me more questions. 
start to feel tingly. Amidst the casualness of the surgeons was the young medical intern whose presence I actually found the most comforting. Pretty sure her job was to gently caress my hand and assure me that I would be okay. And quite honestly, it worked. Maybe it was the drugs by that point, but my body or brain didn't know the difference. If nothing else, after years of sleeping so badly, I'm about to have the deepest sleep I've had in some time. You've earned this, I think to myself. At least this. 